Our first partner today on Human Hope is Athletic Greens. Listen, I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally, literally every day. I am currently in Moab, Utah, and I got my little AG1 packs with me, the single serve packs, and I love them. Now, the truth of the matter is I started taking AG1 because I heard from a friend of a friend, that's like the double friend, right? That it really helped with your gut. And if y'all followed me back in 2020, you know that I was having some massive gut problems. Guess what? I I mean, AG1 really helped my gut. I no longer have any of the gut issues I had before. So I'm not saying AG1 did it, but I'm saying when I started taking it, I started feeling better. So I take it in the morning uh, before I start my day and it's incredible. So really quick, let me also let you know that AG1, what like AG1 is literally so powerful because it's easy to use and it's been part of millions of mornings since they came out with it in 2010. AG1 gives you increased energy, mood support, making it easy to live your best life. So every single scoop or every single pack is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to head over to athleticgreens.com slash human hope. And when you do that, you're going to find something out. And this is it. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash human hope. That's athleticgreens.com slash human hope. Check it out. It is Thursday, April 13, 2023. This is the Human Hope Podcast. Let's hit it. Come on. Hey, hey. What is going on, Human Hope Familia? Can y'all tell that I'm still, I'm still trying, I'm still trying my hardest to figure out how to, how to like, I don't know, like, I, I need like a line, like, are there any rappers out there? Macklemore, do you follow me? Do you listen to my podcast? Can somebody, can somebody give me something to do there? I mean, y'all know on the last one, the, the Dr. Delight, I just can't get it out of my system. <laughs> From episode, I don't know, 50 to episode 100, I would, the, the break would, would would be like, put the needle on the record and the drum beat goes like this, uh, yeah, but, but, but it, it hits too fast. Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Maybe, maybe, I, I mean, I like this song so much. It feels right. Just makes me happy. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe next week we go back to the old one, or maybe I. I don't know. I don't. I, I'm so conflicted. Uh, we're over a minute in, and I'm just complaining about my lack of ability to rap over the intro song. We're gonna fade that out, and I'm gonna welcome you to episode 100, 100 and cuatro, 104. We are in the faith series. And can I just say, can I, can we, let's just go there. I'm going to open up my phone right now. Let's see. I'm opening up PayPal right now. And currently in my PayPal account, there is $18,582 and 16 cents. I ain't my money, but it's in there. In my cash app, 
There's $264.99. Mm-hmm. Y'all know. Drum roll, right? I, don't, I actually don't have my drum roll sound effect. In my Venmo account right now, currently, in my account currently, there is $265,621. Do y'all remember? Do you remember two weeks ago when we had precious Becky and Phil, the parents with kids that were covenant school survivors. Do you remember when they were on here? And do you remember at the end, I was like, man, maybe we can pay for therapy for them. What you don't remember is my brain going like, I don't know. This isn't like, this isn't like one individual. So I don't know if anyone's going to give, maybe we can raise $20,000 legit. I just underestimate y'all. I do every single time. And then I did the math and it was like, we can get every single parent 240 of them, I think, or 200, I can't remember what it was, four sessions of therapy for $110,000. Every single parent, not couples therapy, every single one. We did that in four hours, 110. What? What is happening? And now we're at like total almost $280,000. This money is going to be earmarked and put into a fund at the Covenant School. And they're going to be able to use this for therapy for a long time. Thank you. I don't, I, I, I got in a little Twitter spat with somebody today. Cause they're like, they're like, what a bunch of idiots trusting this guy. You know, they're just giving him the money and, and they're just trusting that he's going to give, this is a beautiful thing. You know, I went on and I like replied to this guy. He doesn't know me. Of course he would, he wouldn't, if he doesn't know me, why would he trust me? Of course he's not supposed to trust me. But the fact that, you know, this isn't going to be a podcast episode on trust, but trust over built over time oh my gosh, you can do so much with that as opposed to trust in a short amount of time. You know, I've been, I've been pouring into this, my online community for, I mean, online, I started a blog in 2006. So like 17 years, what? <sighs> Maybe before that I started it. I think it may have been before that. And I've just been depositing small amounts of trust over time. And what it's done is it's built this freaking army of people that change people's lives. So anyway, it, it was good to kind of go back and forth with him for a minute on Twitter because it allowed me to kind of type out for people that don't know or even doubters, you know, like, hey, look, this is what we do. Like we've actually seen these lives be changed. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for changing lives that you don't even know how long these lives are going to be changed because of what you did. It's the biggest ever. We've done this now 10 times, largest, largest we've ever done. Brooklyn to Alaska was a quarter million dollars. Now we're, we're nearing $300,000 for this one. So thank you. What else? Woo. Been a hot week around here in Tennessee. Lord have mercy. Did, did my podcast come out last week in the middle of? Yes. 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 Yeah. I, I um, well, here's the deal. I know that there are, Again, a lot of Republicans, a lot of Democrats that listen to this show. And uh, let me just tell you, I watched every moment of the proceeding. I've never watched our state house of representatives live stream ever. I watched it and I, I saw some dangerous things. I did. May, and again, all of this is going to probably build to another podcast. Actually, our guest today, if you go on to um, Tim's, Tim Whitaker, great last name. Uh, New, Ev New Evangelicals, I think he's got a, a story or a, or a live saved where he talked about some of this as well with the guest. But let me just tell you, as a Tennessee living man, 
that lives in Nashville. Okay. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed as to what, what happened uh, last Thursday. And I'm not embarrassed at what happened last Friday because last Friday, the Insta family came together, people on the left, people on the right. And I, here, here's the, here's the other thing. Uh, most, again, actually all, not most, most of all of my GOP voting friends were embarrassed as well. It's a political game that's happening here in Tennessee. And I mean, it, here, here's the thing, like I am, I know I'm human hope guy, but you got to stand up for people that are silenced. And um, that's what I'm doing. I, and I did it a lot. You know, I, I, you can go back on my Instagram. I posted a bunch of stuff on there. I posted a bunch of thoughts on it. But I just, I just want everyone to know that hope isn't lost in Tennessee. I ain't leaving. I'm not running away from this place. I believe that I even reached out to the Speaker of the House. Like I didn't yell at him. I was like, hey, let's have a meal. Let me help you. I think I can help you have some communication and maybe some leadership. You're put in a place of leadership. Let's, let's do this. Only three times has somebody been expelled from the state, from the house since the civil war. And those are from some, for some horrible things. So anyway, that happened. And I I was all up in that. If y'all were following on Instagram. Okay. So I, again, activist Carlos came out (laughs) careful when he comes out. And then, uh, then we raised the money and it was actually just, you know, when you have a hard time trying, like, like when you feel like the world's so broken, you can't do anything, do something, do something, which is why I did what I did with the covenant families and this fund. And I did something as something turned to $280,000. So that was my something when I felt like everything was broken. What's your something going to be? Do something. Okay. On to the faith series. Last week, I talked about my journey, where I'm at. You know, again, the the day kind of got hijacked. I wasn't able to really talk about this episode on my socials, but I really appreciate thousands and thousands of you guys listened to the episode and um, thank you for doing that and for, you know, holding my story sacred. Today, we're going to move into someone, that, so, th- this is, this is Tim Whitaker. And, and what, what I, what, what I love about Tim is he's a very well-spoken, passionate follower of Jesus that has a problem. It's still, it's actually in the middle of his problem with kind of evangelical America. I'm going to new evangelicals. I'm going to go to their website. Now I want you to, I want, I want to read this to you. When you go to their website, the new evangelicals, it says, let's push the church forward together. So it's like, oh, okay. I think everybody wants to do that, right? So then you scroll down and it says, the new evangelicals is an inclusive, very first word that they chose, very purposely they chose that, Jesus-centered community that holds space for those marginalized by the evangelical church through building community, exploring faith, and advocating for systemic change. If you've been hurt by the church, by the evangelical church, you are not alone and we see you. We hold space for you. We advocate for accountability. We explore the Christian faith and you can join their community. Now, I mean, to be honest with you, there's, there's a bunch of places and spaces like that, like this online. Like you can, I mean, you, you, can, you can find spaces where, where people come together. And some of those spaces are probably a little bit more, um, some may be, are more um, focused on healing, maybe your your trauma. Some are more focused on healing the church or helping the church. 
what I appreciate about what the New Evangelicals does, and I follow them. I don't agree with everything. They don't agree. Tim doesn't agree with everything. For me, literally, Tim DM'd me when I was in the middle of my little rant on Thursday, and I was saying something about Republicans and Democrats and how, you know, they, everybody's kind of like mortified by what's happening. And he's like, I actually challenge you. I don't, I don't agree with you. <laughs> you know, so that's what I love about Tim. He shoots straight to the point, but he also, he, he loves Jesus. And, and he, he didn't say this on the podcast, but I, I'm not going to, it's not a stretch to say that he loves the local church. And you'll understand why I say that when you listen to the interview. Now, this interview was not near as long as it needed to be. So I'm holding space to say Tim's going to come back because we didn't really even get to the nitty gritty, but we got to the space that I think a lot of you are going to be like, wow, this dude's for me. This dude's for me. Now, a lot of you are going to be, I'll be honest with you, are going to be like, I don't know, man, Tim, you sure seem, you t- sure seem grumpy about some of this stuff. And I, I just would be like, well, yes, but you probably seem grumpy about some of this stuff too from the other side. So that's a lot of me introducing Tim. I love you, Tim. And I'm so appreciative of you. Uh, let's let him jump in. Here's our conversation with Tim with a great last name, minus one T, Whitaker. Here we go. Okay, uh, Human Hope for Media, we have uh, on the screen in front of me, Mr. Tim Whitaker, incredible last name, uh, although he is missing one letter in, in Whitaker that would have put us in the same tribe. Tim Whitaker with one T, say hello to the Human Hope fam. Yeah, hello. Thank you so much, Carlos, for having me, and hello to the the Human Hope family. It's great to be here with everyone. Well, this is this is our uh, we've we've obviously connected on Instagram before. We've had some communication. I don't even remember when that actually was, uh, but I've I've really just fallen in love with what you're doing. The conversations you're having they push me. Uh, they make me comfortable and uncomfortable all in one day. Um, and so I, I just, I believe in the work that you're doing, but I also want to let everyone know that you have, you've come on the show, uh, even though I just saw on your Insta story that you're not feeling well today. So hopefully you're going to, you know, you're going to feel better, but thanks for even coming on while you have this bacteria in your body that you're fighting. <laughs> I had to make it happen. I mean, I last, so last week, full transparency, I had to reschedule Bart Ehrman. He oh. was like a pretty heavy duty New, New Testament scholar. And that killed me. Yeah. And I said, I can't reschedule like these episodes that I'm either looking forward to being on or I'm looking forward to have. So yeah. I just took some medicine, you know, I'm feeling, I'm feeling up for it. So I'm like, let's just roll. So Bro, here we are. That It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Well, um, I've already kind of introduced you uh, in my intro to everybody. And what, what I would love to get into first before we even talk about kind of new evangelical stuff, which is probably going to be one and the same, to be honest with you. But one thing Mm. I don't know is kind of your story and how you ended up Mm. where you're at and and doing the work that you're doing. Like, so can you give us like the, the Tim Whitaker, again, this is a very big open ended question, but Tim Whitaker, kind of, kind of how you grew up. And then now you're like, you know, leading this movement uh, called the new evangelicals, really trying to push the church in a certain direction. So kind of take us there. Mm. Yeah. So I'll kind of give you the big picture and then we can, um, you know, uh, drill down to any of the nitty gritties later on. But 
essentially, my story is pretty evangelical. I was raised in a very uh, conservative kind of fundamentalist church. Think like John MacArthur and their theology. Um, I was homeschooled for nine years. Mm. Uh, my parents both got saved later in life, so they kind of went from one extreme to the other, which now that I have kids, I mean, I actually understand more than ever. Um, I don't think I did for a lot of my, my, my 20s, but I do now. And I was always incredibly committed to following Jesus. I mean, from and also being involved in the church. My earliest memories are serving as an usher at eight years old with a suit and tie on with handing out bulletins to people. You know? The bulletin. um, Yes. The bulletin, man. The bulletin. (laughs) I would I would take a stack and just hand them out. Let's go. And I started playing music very early in the church because my dad was a guitar player from rock and roll days. Okay. And we got a more uh, term used loosely here, progressive pastor. Oh um, which really just means someone who was more open to those praise and worship choruses, right? Sure. And so my dad thought, well, if we're going to introduce this to a hymns-only church, if we have an 11-year-old on the drum set, how are they going to kick him out? <laughs> right. They really can't do that. So so they put me on the drums, and that kind of started what would become a very um, you know, committed and successful like, career as a drummer, uh, both as a paid drummer or as a volunteer drummer. Okay. So I, I owe really all the good and all the not so good to my church heritage. Yeah. I mean, frankly, they are the ones that I tell people they radicalized me for Jesus, you know, yeah. and I was, I was all in very early. I even did parachurch ministry stuff like child evangelism fellowship, which okay. is a massive kids ministry. I was all in Carlos. That's yeah. what I'm trying to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. You I name it. it. I've done it. And yeah. as I got older, I found more charismatic places that wanted more, you know, drums and they were doing they were doing more of like the light stuff and sure. one thing that sticks out to me in this journey is I had to be maybe 16 or 17. Of course I'm told that 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 those pesky Pentecostals, the assemblies of God <laughs> folks, they're probably a little demonic cuz they speak in tongues and that's not for today, so just watch out. Right, right. And I remember playing drums in one of like their youth groups because they were doing Hillsong then. Yeah. And they told me that people who don't speak in tongues might be demonic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I I thought to myself, wait, wait a, a second, second. <laughs> if, yeah, yeah, something's not added up here, you know? Um, and that was maybe like my first taste of, oh, not all Christians maybe believe the same exact thing mm. about everything. Yeah. Um, and so so that was all through my teen years. And then the the, the next big stop in, in this journey is I did an overseas mission trip for three months. I was okay. in Belgium, Germany, and Finland for a month in each country. Wow. When I was in Belgium, my buddy who I was with said, listen, we're going to a church that meets in small groups around the city of Brussels every Sunday, and they come together for a big church meeting once a quarter. It's a different kind of church. I think it was called Cell Church at the time. Okay. And he said, some of these churches that we're going to be in, they meet in bars in, in Brussels. Yeah. And, you know, my fundamentalist antennas, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa, I don't know about this. <laughs> Bars, that's where alcohol is. You can't have a church in a bar. Now, it's important to understand, too, that at this time on this trip was my first time reading Shane Claiborne. Okay. okay so I'm reading Irresistible Revolution for the first time. Yep. But I'm also listening to very reformed theologians like Paul Washer sure. on my headphones. So I'm getting like very different takes. I'm, I'm committed to this, like, what is the truth? What does God really ask of me? What is the gospel? That was always kind of my heart yeah. from day one. Yeah. It was always like, what is true about the Christian faith? So I, I did this mission trip. We I, end, I ended up in Belgium. It changed my perspective on everything. And I read this book by a guy named Frank Viola called Pagan Christianity. Now, okay. Frank's a big house church guy. And his whole book is pretty much about how all of our modern church structures, the the lights, the, 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 yep. the auditorium, is all from pagan culture. So my little 19-year-old radicalized brain's like, this is all terrible. We have to burn it all down. <laughs> 
so we came back and we were part of a, of, of a young adult group. It was not tied to any church. It was our own thing. There was like 40 of us. It was okay. a, one of the most theologically forming and relationally forming things of my entire life. And you're, so much you're, you're young twenties, you're 19, you're yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm like 21, 22, yeah. you know? So of course you have, you have the maximum, maximum amount of freedom, least amount of responsibility. You're yeah. at that kind of impasse, you know? So we're just like, okay, well, what is really church? And we're all amateur theologians. We're not in college, sure, right? So sure. what is church? What's the gospel? I'm I'm fed up with this mega church culture thing. The light's got to go. This isn't real church. I, I was very much in that kind of, you know, camp, just very fundamentalist in like this, in this approach. Yeah. Long story short, I ended up kind of, you know, thinking through it more, got a little more moderate, became a pretty proficient drummer in a church that I loved for six years. Yep. But Trump, Carlos, Trump was the beginning the where I said, you know, I, I, I've had some whiffs of things that are off in the past, uh -huh. but something now is really off. And the yeah. story I tell people about Trump that puts it, I think, really well for me is this. I grew up in purity culture. So okay. for your audience, they probably know what that is. You know, it's, it's a it's a really very much an evangelical way of viewing sex and, and viewing yourself. And essentially, I was taught that, hey, to be honoring to God, you don't touch yourself or touch anyone else until you're married sexually. That's right. the rule. All right. Good luck. Okay. Yep. Yep. And then here's a brace. Trump comes on the scene. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Trump comes on the scene and the people who raised me were mad that I couldn't vote for the guy on the cover of Playboy magazine. Right. The guy who bragged about, uh, you know, uh, sexually assaulting women, the guy who made disgusting comments about his daughter. Suddenly my faith tradition goes, what are you doing? You have to vote for Trump. He's the one that God has. And I'm just like, guys, you taught me integrity. Yeah. You taught me that when the world wants you to cave, you don't cave, right? You plant your feet and you tell the world to move. Mm. And now you're mad at me. Because I, right. I can't make this call. Now I was not I was not a Democrat at all. Huh. I didn't, I voted for third party for the first time in my wow. life. Because I, I couldn't reconcile Hillary Clinton either. Right. And then from there you have the Black Lives Matter movement and I watched the church completely, you know, mishandle that. And then COVID happened. And this is where we get to new evangelicals. Yeah. I was really frustrated with the state of just evangelical culture. Again, I had no categories. I didn't know what deconstruction was. I was I was not an affirming Christian when it comes to the queer community. I was on that path, but I wasn't there yet. Right. But I was thinking about these things more and more. And honestly, Sean Foyt, uh, he's the, the the worship leader who started the yep. Let Us Worship movement. You know, he's going around. This is when COVID, we didn't know how it spread. We were telling people to wipe down their surfaces. Still. Sure. We just weren't sure. Yeah. And here's Sean. And remember, I'm in worship. Worship is like my life. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm in the mix in, in our own area. We're doing great stuff. We're on that level of playing high quality the whole nine. Yeah. So I'm in this. And I go, what is this worship leader doing? with no masks and then bragging about doing these massive corporate gatherings during a time where we don't know, we don't know. how this spreads, how it harms people. Yeah. This, this, this is, for me, it was not at all political. It was just common sense. Yes. Like, okay, Christians are called to love their neighbor and love God. <laughs> Wearing a mask during a pandemic is an easy way to love your neighbor. Right. Obeying social mandates that, again, during a pandemic, we've been here before. Uh -huh. This is how humanity usually responds. <laughs> right. This is part of loving your neighbor. And all of a sudden I'm seeing, now, of course, many churches did do that. I'm not saying the whole evangelical sure. culture didn't. Many churches, including my own, shut down. Yeah. But Sean was like leading this movement. And that's when I said, you know, we need a new evangelical movement. That was, mm. that was when the thought of new evangelicals came into my head. Wow. I started on Instagram in December, 2020. Six months later, my church told me to either stop serving with them as, as a drummer or stop doing this work online. And I've been full-time with new evangelicals since November of 2021. Okay. Pretty much. Okay. And that's kind of been the story. And now we're, now we're a nonprofit.
I have fallen in love with our next partner, Tutapona. Everyone together, say it. Tutapona. Tutapona. Y'all may be asking, what in the world does Tutapona mean? It means we will be healed. Now, listen to me. Did you know there are as many neurons in our brains as there are stars in the sky? Inside of each of us, there's a world deeper than any ocean, a universe of breathtaking scale and complexity. Our experiences as we grow shape us into who we are. But what happens when those experiences are war, violence, rape, torture, and fear? To have any chance of living our lives the way we were created, we need someone to listen and support us. Mental health affects all of us. And here in America, we're fortunate to have access to all sorts of mental health support when we need it. But when you go across the world, that's just not the case. Tutapona facilitates emotional healing through group mental health programs and one-on-one support to people fleeing the world's most brutal wars and conflicts. In the 15 years since Tutapona began, nearly, listen to this, 60,000 men, women, and children from Congo, South Sudan, Ukraine, Syria, Iraq, and Uganda are now choosing to love over hate, peace over violence, and joy over despair. Why? Because of Tutapona. Hope changes everything. It's so important for everybody. So listen, 15 is an important number to Tutapona this year. It's the 15th year of Operation and by the end of 2023, more than 60,000 people will have graduated from one of Tutapona's program. Giving $15 per month for 15 months is enough to put three adults or children who have lived through armed conflict through one of Tutapona's mental health programs. With more than 50% reduction in trauma symptoms, people are finding hope and hope changes everything. That's three people like you, like me, like all of us. So let's make mental health programming accessible to everyone everywhere. In honor of Tutapona's 15th year of operation, why not give 15? www.tutapona.com slash give 15. All right, right now, think of someone who has changed your life for the better. Okay, how incredible would it be if your company could find more of those life-changing people right when you needed them? If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like matching, assessments, and virtual interviews. Do you hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80%, this is crazy, of Indeed's employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. That is right. So Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every single dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit indeed.com slash human hope to start hiring right now. Just go to indeed.com slash human hope. Indeed.com slash human hope. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So hold on. Okay, so you're, let, let's just, let's just rewind. Oh, hold on. Where do I want to go? I want to, <laughs> I, I just want, I want to stop. I just want to stop at the, I think for me, and maybe a lot of my listeners where they're going to hear you the loudest right now in the, in your story is your church asked you to either stop doing the work that you were doing online 
or stop serving with them. That's correct. Yes. Well, stop serving as a drummer, which was my entire life with them. You know, they said I, I could do parking lot or I can still attend. But when it came oh. to being on the stage, oh. my senior pastor said you okay. can't have a leader on the stage that's saying things he doesn't agree with, essentially on social media. Got Keep it. in mind for the audience, I never talked about my church publicly. No sure. one to this day knows what church, who it was, or yeah. anything like that. It, yeah. it, that wasn't the point. Yeah. But yeah, I was kind of put in this position. So I had to make a call. And we were getting so many messages at the time, you know, from people saying this work, this these conversations are saving my faith. I knew something deeper was happening. Yep. So I had to make the call and say, okay, then I'm I'm out. So I ended up leaving the church. You obviously, did. I couldn't. Sure. It, it would, yeah, it would have been so awkward. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> How yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, so. sure. Okay, so so let's 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 again um, not even get to new evangelicals, and let's just get let's get to Tim's heart. And Tim, the the guy that that loved drumming at his church, the guy that loved you know you you were there. I mean, I'm sure there's life that happened there. I'm sure there, there's like a lot of great things yes. spiritually that happened there. Talk to us yeah. because a lot of people that are listening right now, they they haven't been to church since 2020, and they loved the church they were going to, and they, but then suddenly they couldn't reconcile. And so, I, I, what I want you to do is, is to humanize them for a second and just let us know how yeah. you're doing. Like 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 how 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 is Tim, the old evangelical, doing right now, <laughs> heart wise? You know. Well, right now, I, I think I'm in a pretty healthy place, but in the beginning, it was really difficult, you yeah. know? Um, I was really angry because mm. I'm a type six on the Enneagram, okay. so I'm very relational. Loyalty is important to me in the sense of relational loyalty. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I couldn't have shown any further how all in I was with yeah. the worship leader, with the team I was working with. I mean, I was, and I, I don't say this as a way to brag, I was just one of those volunteers that was always there. Yeah. Because I loved it. It wasn't, a, I had no pressure from them to, to keep serving. Yeah. They had to tell me to cut back because I was really the only drummer. Huh. So I'd say, dude, you know, schedule me three times a week. Three times a month, I don't care. He goes, no, no, wow. we, we we have to get someone else to make sure you don't burn out. So, so it was that kind of relationship. Yeah, it felt very much a safe relationship. It felt like okay, I'm getting coffee with my senior pastor at least once a month. Yeah, he knows my heart. He knows I say this stuff because I really care sure. about the church. I care about you know. Listen, I'm going to use evangelical language. I don't yeah. use a whole lot these days, but the bride of Christ, right? Yeah. Like the evangelical church is a part of the bride of Christ. Yeah. So I still care about it. So it was difficult to be put in this position where I realized that for me, I have mm. plenty of friends who I disagree with yeah. theologically. I mean, I have, I have friends who are in the Plymouth Brethren movement, okay? Wow. Very different than yeah. me. We're great friends. Yeah. So to be told like, oh, you're, 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 you found these boundaries in our church that are not in the handbook, mm. that are not sin issues. They're just different ways of viewing the Bible. And, and because you're saying these things publicly, we have a problem here yeah. as a volunteer. Yeah. That just really, it, it really hurt. Thank God for therapy. Yeah. I said the F word a lot on my therapy <laughs> sessions. <laughs> I was angry, Amazing. but I feel like now I'm able to look back with more compassion and empathy mm, yeah. for those people. You know, I, I wish them well, obviously. I'm not here to say that that, that I was abused. I really wasn't. Many yeah. were. I wasn't. Sure. But it, it was really painful to lose that. I mean, yeah. it was it was a key part of my identity. Even during the pandemic, mm. we we did the the at-home stuff. We helped I helped doing the recording stuff. I mean, I was I just can't explain it, Carlos. I was all in. So it, it was it was painful. Well, and and thank you for sharing that. I I think, you know, for me hearing you say that, 
I didn't know it was that recent. I, I, I didn't know that, that you know, I, I thought that Tim had been doing this work for, I don't know, five, six years now, you know, like, <laughs> like, like I didn't, I didn't realize that, you know, that the, uh, the scab had been ripped off that, that soon. And I think for so many people, that's really when their scab was ripped off. That was really yeah. kind of 2020 was they'd suffered for four years through, man, this is kind of interesting that what my pastor's saying about politics and things, but then 2020 comes. And yes, there's just the opposite of what I see as the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentle self-control. And then we look and we see people that are supposedly representing Christ and the church being the complete opposite of every one of those things. Is that something right. that you were seeing? Oh, I mean, it, it really exploded when I started getting into this work. And I will say, I've always... I've always been outspoken on my personal uh, social media. Yeah. I, I even had an old blog. I had an old oh, know, yeah. podcast where I would talk about the Trump stuff, but <laughs> not nothing in this in this kind of a, yeah. a way publicly now. But I was always just thinking about this stuff, and uh -huh. I would say it's shifted for, for me from maybe inside and looking out to now outside looking in. Okay. Right. Okay. And now that I'm kind of outside that like evangelical industrial complex bubble, yep, it is astounding to me. At like what I continue to see, mm. um, mainly the lack of accountability. Yeah, I, I think people who maybe follow our work, but some people who maybe don't like us a whole lot, they'll say you just want perfection. Like, no, yeah. I know people. I'm not perfect. Are you perfect, Carlos? I'm not no. perfect. No. But uh, accountability, the ability to repent and say, hey, I, I, I made a mistake here. I've caused some harm, yeah. and then accepting that, yeah. and, and and then maybe not being in ministry, depending on what you did, or being restored. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, and it just seems like the evangelical institution institution, broadly speaking, of course, there's sure. always exceptions, sure, sure, sure. Uh, has, has a real inability to really look at itself and self-reflect on what on really the damage it's causing yeah. uh, for our neighbors who are not part of those spaces. New evangelicals. The, yep. the term evangelical is still there. You didn't, you, you didn't yes. get rid of it. You didn't call yourself, you know, I don't know, come up with the opposite of what evangelical is. Do you still consider yourself evangelical? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Okay. I thought about this a lot. You know, some people in our spaces are like, why do you use that term? First sure. off, fair point. And again, when I started this work, I was still in an evangelical yeah. church. I didn't foresee the future yeah, going. Yeah. But, you know, two things I tell people. One, there's a really good book by Donald Dayton uh, back in the 60s called Discovering an Evangelical Heritage. He talks about how some of the early evangelicals, mainly the Wesleyans, were incredibly social-minded. They were abolitionists. They were egalitarian. They were, they were super socially conscious of like loving their neighbor. Yeah. And I'm reading this book and I'm like, these are my people. Like, mm. yes, this is what I'm talking about, right? So there definitely is an ancient, ancient you know, term used loosely sure. in the grand scheme of things, but there's an older tradition that we can draw from. But also, frankly, the word evangelical just means someone who brings good news. Yeah. I don't think we're bringing good news anymore, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got to bring some good news back, you yes. know? Yes. So I am personally a little too stubborn to let the fundamentalists take the term. I understand that right now that's kind of what it's known for and for good reason, but I'm just a little too stubborn to yeah. say you can't have it. I love <laughs> I'm it. Try and take it back. <laughs> I, no, that's good. You know, I, I know that that there's you know e even people that follow me. I I have you know, and by this point in this series, people are going to have heard my kind of unpacking of where I am in my faith and mm. uh, a lot of deconstruction, then reconstruction, and a lot of words I hate to even use, but yeah. they kind of it sure. kind of helps people make sense of things. Definitely. But something that that you say that honestly really aligns with my heart is literally if you go to your website yes people there's still websites you can go to people actually have those things but i i mean huge front and center the very first thing that it says is let's push the church forward together yeah 
What does that actually mean? Well, we're actually a secret Marxist website trying to, you know, get Marxism and Satanism throughout the evangelical. No, I'm just kidding. We're not that. Honestly, look, I'm I for some I don't know your whole audience. I I, I always like to preface when whatever I say things that I realize for some people this might sound a little whatever to you. I understand that, but we have to we have to recognize and understand that the church has never been stagnant, both in form and in function. Hmm. You know, the 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 Acts Church we read in the Scripture happened for a time. Yep. We had the Catholic Church for a lot of years. There's the Eastern Orthodox Church. There's the Protestant Reformation. Yeah. You know, uh, mega church culture today is very different. So this whole idea of how the church is supposed to form is very malleable. Mm. I would argue that's why the church has succeeded so long. It's yeah. able to adapt to culture. Now we have to be wise, of course. We don't want to take in uh, things from culture that that would tarnish the reputation of, of what we're called to be as people claiming to represent God and be followers of, of Jesus, right? Yeah. Literally little Christs. Yeah. But I think that frankly, our current, and I'm going to be specific here because I realize that broadly speaking, many people are maybe critiquing their own traditions and there's, sure. there's a place for all of that. My sure. tra tra tradition is this evangelicalism yeah. of America. And I just think that American evangelicalism needs to really understand that we're really on the cusp, I think, of of, of another step towards just, just normal progress. I don't mean that politically. I'm just uh -huh. saying life is, is progression. Yep. History is progression in a lot of ways. Of course, it could be regression too. Sure. But we want to move things into a better way of following Jesus. We want to yes. read, for me, I'm like, we need to rethink this consumeristic model that we've built. Like, why do we call things successful? Because there's a lot of people attending in the building yep. once a week. That's not a metric anywhere in scripture right. that says successful disciple. Yep. And the Barna group has shown that has shown that, that model has produced a bunch of people who think like they're not going to hell anymore huh. with absolutely no understanding of being theologically formed in any sense of the term. Wow. Right? So, so my, a lot of my critique when it comes to this is like, hey, Evangelicalism. I know that you mean well, yeah. but you have to face the music and realize this mega everything, this big, 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 more, 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 really a capitalist CEO structure on sure, the church sure. does not produce people who are willing to counter culture for the right reasons. Mm. It really produces a lot of people who think that maybe they're saved from, again, I guess hell, but yep. really have no idea of the faith that they're participating in. Yeah. So that's like one example of that for me. That is so good. I, um, I'm thinking of the listener. And again, there are... There's more than not people that are listening to this that I, I would I would say that and I, I did I pulled my audience a couple weeks ago and it was like eighty percent uh, would call themselves Christians mm. which to me was actually a little surprising that there's twenty percent of the people that are listening that don't call themselves Christian at all right yeah. so so like they're yeah. they're not even there but they follow me because I don't know they like my family they think my kids are cute or something you know like but you know <laughs> and, and and we do I, I do have hard conversations about more more global cultural conversations than just what's happening yeah. in evangelical America right to the listener that's listening. And is like, okay, actually, I mean, because this happened the other day, like I, I put you on my story. Uh, what did it? Oh, it was like the worship leader magazine thing happened, right? Yeah. So like they're trademarking, yada, yada. I just put, I put something up saying, hey, go, go follow New Evangelicals to see what's happening. Dude, the amount of people that DM me thanking me, not for the thing about Worship Leader Magazine. They're like, thank you for introducing me to the new evangelicals. I feel like wow. I've found my people. Like, oh my this is not an exaggeration to say. I, I got 20 DMs from people saying, holy cow, I didn't know they existed. So wow. A, just know that what you're doing is important, that people are mm. desperately seeking that. B, uh, this is where I, I want the question. For people that are still radically 
in love with Jesus. They still believe in what they were taught in uh, growing up evangelical, even in some fundamental context. They believe in the literal resurrection. They believe in the blood of the cross, the power. They love Jesus and everything, but they just feel so alone. They they feel like like they've been abandoned. They don't know if they can go anywhere. What what do you say to those people besides, well, just hang out with me on Instagram, Um, which could be one thing that you say. Hang out with me on Facebook. No, there we go. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. Man, do I feel that in my gut. I feel that personally because, listen, I, I very very much like you, Carlos, I affirm a physical resurrection. I affirm yeah. all, all the typical creedal stuff, you uh-huh. know, virgin birth. Of course, I make room for people who have different views on that. Like I've interviewed uh, John Dominic Crossan, who's like a legendary New Testament I, scholar. I listened to that podcast. It was amazing. Right. Okay. Yeah. Metaphor creates the reality. I'm like, oh my God, I never thought about that. Right. Yeah. So, so we're willing to explore even some of the edges for some people, mm. but of course, you know, we, we hold some of these, like I would call them fundamentals of like the broader Christian tradition yeah. and we hold them firmly. I, I know. Yeah. And, and honestly, I don't have the best answer. I'll tell you why. Yeah. I know that 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 what we do digitally, there is a need for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about helping people know that they're not alone. But I also know that if you don't have friends in proximity to you, it is still freaking lonely. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many people you message or how many right. comments you put on Facebook. When you, when, you, when you just want someone to run a target with you because they're your friend and they care about you, yeah. right? That stuff falls apart. Yeah. And, and I think, and I know that this isn't really the best answer for people, but new things take time and they take a lot of work and one thing that i'll be damned about is if this becomes another thing where tim becomes the new face of something that he has to lead that's that is not the play here it can't be because frankly i'm again just speaking honestly with you a lot of us experienced this celebrity megachurch culture yep. and said oh it was all around that person right everything revolved around him or them or her right and it's not healthy it also it stunts the growth of people because it it, it uh, feeds into the consumer mentality. Yeah. I show up, you feed me, I owe nothing, or I'm guilted into volunteering to stack chairs to make your empire bigger. Yeah. Okay. We have to think about different ways of doing these things together that require something from people to do the work with us, mm-hmm. not for us, but with us. And so we're still talking about that. You know, I we're a nonprofit. I have a board. I have accountability. We're tr- we're financially transparent. You can go to our website right now and see our profit and loss statement from 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 last quarter. It's all there. Yeah. So we've made moves to be that way, but I don't know how this translates yet to real life because frankly, we're a year old. Yeah. We started in yeah, yeah. March as a nonprofit. Yeah. So that's kind of where I'm at with this, honestly. I got so excited when my last Green Chef box arrived. Why? Well, because my wife decided to go out of town and I have a hard time making yummy food like she makes. But guess what? Not when I got my Green Chef in the fridge. What is Green Chef? Green Chef is a CCO of certified meal kit company. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every single one of y'all's lifestyle. I mean, listen, whether you are keto paleo, all the O's, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, just looking to eat more balanced, Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. So listen to this. This is nuts. Now you get to choose from over 30 recipes weekly with the option to mix and match meals 
from different dietary preferences in the same box without changing your plan. That is something new that Green Chef has started to do. And they're also offering more customization than ever before. In addition to swapping protein in any meal that features chicken, beef, or salmon, you can swap it out for ground beef, certified organic chicken, wild-caught sockeye salmon. I'm telling you, they've got it all together. It's convenient. It's easy. You get to bring tons of flavor to your table this spring because they have elevated their recipes and their flavor profiles. What do you do? This is what you do. I want you to go to greenchef.com slash humanhope60 and use code humanhope60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Again, that's greenchef.com slash humanhope60 and use code humanhope60 to get 60% off plus free shipping. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that my knucklehead messed up dogs, Rome and Hawk are humongous humongous. And I was so excited that I got to partner and I get to partner with Sundays. Sundays is a healthy brand of air dried dog food made from a short list of human grade ingredients. That's right. Let me tell you something. I, I, I wanted to test it out and I actually threw one of those little pieces and I put it in my mouth and guess what? I didn't die. Now I'm not a dog, so I probably wouldn't eat it like for my own meal, but my dogs love it. They have been devouring it and my dogs eat a lot of food. Sundays is what my dogs have begun to eat. Rome and Hawk. And I just pray I pray that maybe it calms them down. You know, my dogs eat so fast and they scarf down this Sunday's. It is a healthy dog food and it's really easy to store and to serve as well. It was co-founded by Dr. Tori, who's a practicing veterinarian. Sunday's contains 90% meat, 10% vegetables, and 0% synthetic nutrients. That is good for our dogs. Besides USDA beef and all-natural chicken, you'll find digestive aids like pumpkin and ginger, plus disease-fighting antioxidants. I love feeding my dogs Sundays. Sundays is also affordable. It costs 40% less than other healthy dog food brands because Sundays doesn't waste money shipping frozen packages. Instead, they spend on what matters, sourcing the best all natural ingredients for your pup. Listen, I want the human hope familia to jump on the Sundays bandwagon with me. Guess what? We worked out a special deal for our dog loving listeners. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash human hope. The word for, not the number four. And use code human hope at checkout. That is S U N D A Y S F O R D O G S dot com forward slash human hope. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food you feed your dog. Okay, so I mean, you're, you're, are you married, kids? I think you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah married two kids, kids too. Yeah. So, was your wife going through this at the same time you were? Were you guys on different levels for different times? Like, talk to us a little bit about what that looks yeah. like because it's not like it's always perfectly in sync as you walk in relationship with somebody as you're battling through some of these thoughts. Yeah, I mean, my, my wife is, is badass. She is amazing. She's an amazing partner, amazing mom, so supportive. And I can only hope. I, I, I always get self doubt. I go, Am I being a good husband to you? Because you're so good to me. She's like, Yeah, hey, you're doing great. I'm like, Are you sure? I just need to make sure I'm traveling a lot, all this stuff. 
So she was kind of ahead of me in her own way. Okay. So she was affirming before I was. She was kind of over the whole Sunday morning church experience yep. thing before I was. And But I will say this, right? A lot of people have that issue, right? Where one spouse might be in a different place than yep. the other spouse. The reason why our marriage worked during those times is because both of us made intentional room for each other. Hmm. Wow. I told myself, I cannot dictate my wife's faith journey yeah. I can't tell her what to believe. I can't I can't mandate that she goes to church. Yeah. I would like it if she would sometimes. I would like it if she would come to some of these events, but it's not my job yeah. to be like this, you know, domineering warlord in my house like, "No, you have to read the Bible. You can't do that." And yeah. vice versa. She was very patient with me. Yeah. She let me say some things that I probably regret now, right? <laughs> like, "Ooh, yeah, that wasn't really the best way of putting this thing." So, we made room for each other and we found that we that 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 okay, I'll put it this way. Yeah. We found that just because you don't share the same religious beliefs does not mean that you can't share the same values. Wow. Wow. Right? Yeah. So we share the same values still. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so that's why we're able... I, she would say, if she was talking to you, and she said this publicly, so I have no problem telling, yeah. telling you this. She would say she's probably agnostic, maybe Christian, uh-huh. but then she would say, also, I'm raising two kids under two. I have no time to think about this stuff like how Tim thinks about it. Sure. I just sure. don't care. I just don't care. <laughs> You know, she'll pull a tarot card sometimes. Maybe she'll sage the house. I'm like, yeah, not yeah. my thing at all. <laughs> right. I'm kind of, I'd be honest, I'm still a little uncomfortable with the whole tarot thing. <laughs> right. All right. But but it's it's rare, but I make room sure. for that because she's allowed to be her own person. Yeah. So that has helped us navigate, you know, what for, what for many people, including myself, because when you get married, what's what hey your faith is what binds you yes, right yes yes and so if that starts to separate you i panicked oh yeah. my god are we gonna get divorced are we gonna be able to hold it together yeah better than ever actually it turns out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I can't remember when, when uh I, I don't know that sunday school probably showed me some picture of an ox with a yoke around its neck and gave me some lesson about oh my gosh no you've got to be walking foot by foot together like oxes in a field so exactly. uh, i love it exactly man. that's that's so that's good right. this is uh you know i i just think what you're doing is so important and you know like like i need you to hear from a guy that still runs camera five at a smoke and haze evangelical church um like on tuesday nights that like what what you're the conversations you're having are are helping me you know and you know i i i am you know i'm still i'm still invited i spoke at a church this weekend ten thousand people super north pointy you know kind of evangelical you know, church. And I feel like because of, of conversations that you have, I can get in there now and they still feel yeah. safe enough for me to come and maybe push them a little bit. And so I just want to say thank you for that because really you're doing good work. Can I offer a thought about that really quick? Please. I, I had a chance to meet with Andy Stanley a couple of weeks ago. I flew out to North Point and, uh-huh. and we hung out for a weekend. And he found my work and was like, he DM'd me, hey, let's hang out. I'm like, I, I told Sarah, I said, holy, I curse. I'm not sure if I can curse in your podcast. Yeah, you can. I said, you holy can. S, Sarah. Yeah. Andy yeah. Stanley just texted me. <laughs> oh my God. So I was like, play cool, Tim. Like, responding like an yeah. hour or two. You know, yeah. don't let him see that you're too desperate or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I flew out and we hung out. And it was really good. I mean, it oh. was, wow. Whoa, it was really good. Yeah. And I'm gonna be honest with you. Like I, I went, I went to the church. I went to his mega church, and I, I did, I did not, I didn't, I did not attend a mega church, but I attended a church that tried to emulate the systems and patterns and 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 Sunday morning experience like okay. a mega church would. Yep, yep. Honestly, Carlos, I mean, I missed it, man. Yeah. I, I had yeah. to mourn it. Yeah. I guess yeah. we choked up even saying it now. Yeah. I'm sitting there, the music starts, and I go, 
damn it. Like I oh, missed this. Yes. I know there's problems. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I know that. I know that, that maybe we should focus our efforts on other things as a church. Yeah. I just freaking miss, do. I miss being up there early. Yeah. I miss killing the part. Yes. I miss being with the band behind the scene, uh, behind the scenes. I love thinking of new, of new Ableton's. Yes. I just, I miss it. I still miss it. So good. And so part of me is like still mourning that of like, yeah. I, I, in a way, there are times, not seriously, but I go, you know, for people who just don't think about things like this, mm -hmm. I almost envy it. Yeah. I envy yeah. it. Yeah. I envy just showing up to church, doing your thing, having your <sighs> buds, not thinking any deeper than like, what, what the heck are we doing? Yeah. And so I get that, man. I mean, I, wow. I don't think I could ever go back unless like I was part of a church that was like, you know, hitting a, a target, you know, across the, sure. the, the hundred yard line or something. Yep. Um, but man, I, I do miss it. I'm not going to lie. I still watch my old videos sometimes. I'll just go through them and just go, that was a very sweet time in my life. It really was. I mean, thank you for sharing that. That is, uh, that's the human part of it, man, because it's, it was part of who you are for so long. And people may not know this. I worked for Andy Stanley for three years. Like he was my boss. Like I was in meetings with him twice wow. a week. He is everything that, that he is now. Everything that he is now, I, I, I tell people all the time, he was that person 10 years ago when I worked at North Point. Yeah. He, he may not have been as comfortable to say what he is saying now, but I am grateful that yeah. I am even seeing a shift in some evangelical leaders that may we may have been looked at as the problem, and now we're like, hey, you know what? I don't want to be the problem, so how can I be part of the solution? Right. So, you know, thanks for even sharing yeah. that. No, for sure. No, Andy was the real deal. I don't say that lightly. We do a lot of vetting before we say that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I, I, everyone I talk to who DM me, his former staff, current staff, volunteers, yep. same same story. Like yep. nothing but good things. And that I told Andy, I said, dude, I'm kind of mad at you. You're ruining my like mega church's bad <laughs> like view. You're making you're, oh, there's an exception. I found one. You know, <laughs> that is so good, dude. Well, man, Tim, you're doing great work, buddy. I'm I am honored to share last names with you, and uh, honored to uh, know that we are. You know, we're we're on a journey together and and I feel like we are having a lot of conversations that hopefully are bringing people a little bit of hope. I hope so, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm concerned. I'm definitely yeah. concerned about the state of the evangelical church. I'm looking at the Christian nationalist data out there. Like it's, it's not, it's not great, yeah. but I'm convinced that this work is more important than ever to do what we can to love our neighbor and to love God. Yeah. That's so good. Thanks for being on. Absolutely. How good was that? How good was that? Thank you, Tim. You're gonna have to come back on. I'm gonna go on his uh, as well. And make sure you guys follow The New Evangelicals on Twitter. Go to thenewevangelicals.com online. If what the Tim talked about resonates with you, they're a nonprofit and they, I mean, they do it. They're, they're legit. They are 100 when it comes to showing the receipts and that you can actually join their community. You can donate and you can help the really important work that's happening there. So thanks, Tim, so much. Fam, that's it. That is it. I'm currently in Utah right now, enjoying my Utah life. Did I say enjoying? Enjoying. <laughs> it's, 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 it's getting late. Hey, let's hit a little Dr. Delight here. Hey, 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 hey. Again, I need somebody to write this for me. What do I do here? Wait, uh. What, like, what do I say there? I still don't know. But what I do know is I love you and I'm grateful for you. Please share this with somebody that maybe maybe feels a little marginalized from the evangelical church. Send them Tim. Send them the podcast. I believe it's going to be really helpful. See you guys next week on another episode of Human Hope.